Momentum Church, how you guys doing today? You guys doing well? I want to ask you a question. Who is ready to hear and to live out the Word of God today? Who's ready? Let me ask that one more time. Who is ready to not only hear but to live out the Word of God today? Are you, are you present in the house? Awesome. Man, if it's your first time, I want to just welcome you. Um, personally, as the pastor of the church, I want to say thank you for coming. We're so glad that you're here. And, you know, Momentum Church, you say, what are you guys all about? I'm so glad you asked. Um, you, you hear this phrase a lot around here because it's who we are and our, our core values keep us uh, focused. But we here at Momentum, we are a community of Jesus followers who together are an unstoppable force for good. And we're driven we're driven to change the world, and we believe that because the power of God in us, we can do just that. So we're glad that you're here. We hope that you have an incredible experience today, and for all you guys that are back, welcome back. Are you guys excited about the book of James? Y'all excited about James? All right, good stuff, man. I grew up in a quiet church. You know what I'm talking about? It was like, you know, because half of them were sleeping, <laughs> you know, the other half were bored. You know, it says real quiet, and I always thought, man, I don't ever want that to be the kind of church where I'm at. Um, I don't ever want to be bored, and, and I love interaction, and so we're just going to have fun today, and uh, man, we are right in the book of James, so take out your phones, and uh, if you have already downloaded version, and I hope you have, um, then uh, go ahead and pull out your phones, and uh, you know, if, if you got your Bible here, that's cool. If you got the Bible on your phone or your iPad, your iPhone, pull that out. If you've not downloaded that, quick shout out, you want to do that. It's a free download you version, Holy Bible. It's got all kinds of different translations of the Bible as well as devotionals. So when we get to heaven, there will be no excuse why we couldn't grow in grace because the tools are all there. All that's needed is the hustle and all God's people said, amen. Awesome. I'm so excited about James. I love James. It's a relevant wisdom for life and we're taking our time. We're not in any hurry because this book is extremely powerful. I'm talking about the Bible is extremely powerful. And specifically, the book in James helps us be better. It helps us be a little more wise so that we don't make mistakes that other people make. Now, sometimes in life, you, you got the fool, and the fool is like, I, I've got to learn by myself. You know, don't touch that. It's hot. I don't believe it's hot. It's red, but I don't believe it's hot. I'm going to touch it. And then the fool touches it. Ah, it's hot. Don't touch it. It's hot. But the wise person the wise person learns from other people's mistakes, and they don't have to experience the same stuff. The Bible says, get wisdom, and with wisdom, get understanding. And by the way, the beginning, uh, the fear of the Lord, the Bible says, is the beginning of wisdom. And so, just a couple of shout outs there. Um, man, I opened up with this story that I, I want to share with you guys today, um, because our passage, our text today... Um, kind of throws us a little bit of a curveball, and, and that is that it's going to use one word, but it has two different meanings for it, and coming into this, as we enter this new series on temptation, you're probably thinking what I'll be speaking on next week, but this week's a little bit different. The, the curveball is uh, that one word, temptation, has a meaning, and that meaning means trials. You may want to write this down real quick. I encourage you to take notes. I encourage you to highlight your Bible, write in your Bible, Mark your Bible. You know, an old preacher once said, a clean Bible it reveals a dirty life. And, and a marked up Bible 
reveals a clean life. And, and the truth is, it's not about how many Bibles we have or how many church services we go to. Here we call them gatherings. It's not about how much we've heard or even know. It's about how much we do. Are you with me? And so I want to encourage you, man, get your Bible, either, you know, underline it, write in it. You, you're not, you know, it's holy. It's a holy book, yes. But that doesn't mean you can't, you know, write in it. And the whole thing is for you to get in and digest it. You know, spiritual protein. So, you know, blessed are those that work out, you know, and, and want, want to stay in shape. And, and they're going to see a little bit coming back at them. But you know what? When you throw in some protein powder, you throw in some other stuff that help maximize your workout, you're even better. And that's really what it is. When you dig into God's word, go after it. Don't try to just, you know, no, man, get into it, write it. If God speaks something to you, if you're reading and you have a question or God speaks something, God puts it on your heart, write it right there in the Bible. That's good. I want to share that with you. But it throws us a curveball because the first word, temptation, we're going to come to in a minute, is the, the meaning is trials or, write this down, testing under trials. And then the second word, just in case you tune out the rest of the message, you, you can get it right here. Um, the second temptation that we're going to read in, in the verse here in James chapter 1 is not talking about trials or problems or testing. It's talking about temptation trying to solicit evil. All right, so same word in the English, two different meanings in the Greek. New Testament was written in the Greek. And um, so in studying this, it's, it's, uh, it's pretty powerful what we're going to talk about today. But I want to open up with a baseball story. Um, when I was in uh, sixth grade, I played baseball, and I loved baseball. I loved to play, you know, played in the infield, played second base, played some shortstop, played a little um, in the outfield, but second base was my favorite. But I, was, I could not hit. I loved baseball, but I was not a good hitter, man. I, there was no way I was going to the pros, you know. Um, and I got out there. And a guy was pitching. This guy happened to develop a liking for my sister. And my sister didn't like him at all. She, she's like not even an option. You know, she was way older or whatever, you know. And he really liked her. And, you know, I'm telling her, you know, I'm trying to encourage her, you know, like lead him on. You know, like help me. Maybe, you know, he's on the other team. Maybe when I get him to bat, you know, he's real intimidating. He was a big guy. Maybe I ought to throw this out. Middle school, he was throwing, I think I was six. He was eighth grade. He was throwing out a 96-mile-per-hour fastball. And so, unbelievable, um, unbelievable, man. His family moved um, from Laos, and he just, man, his thighs. If you took me and like that, that was like one of his thighs. He was just strong as all get out, big dude. And he would get up on that mound, he'd look at you, you know, and I'd grip that bat, and I'd be like, I'm not intimidated. You know, I weighed like all 60 pounds soaking wet. You know, you get up there and I'm like, I am not intimidated, you know. And he'd make the mean face and here come the pitch. So here I am, I'm up there and he throws a fastball and it comes and it's fast and it's so fast. I close my eyes and I swing and I'm just, it's a swing and a miss, but it was a hope and a prayer. And I, I was like, next one, here we go. go, go. I mean, you, you know, you see his hand is gone. It's already there and you hear the guy, strike two. Strike two. You kidding me? I get up there. I'm like, Lord, help him throw a ball. Maybe I can get a walk. I'm up there. He throws a ball. My prayers have been answered. Yeah. All right. So what's the count? Two and one. Just make sure you're awake. Make sure you're with me today. Next pitch. Couldn't believe it. It was a curveball. I can't. I, curveball is hard for me anyways. I mean, you know, you, you th- you, just coming down the middle, you know, was a little bit of a challenge. But a curveball, it started one place and it ended at another 
And that was real challenging for me. But my coach thought he would mix it up, and before the curveball, he did his little, you know, they do the, you know, this thing, whatever, you know, they do the whatever, and he's, he's telling me, bunt, I want you to bunt. I didn't want to bunt. Yeah, like, I want to stand in front of the plate when I know I can't hit it with the bat. I want to hit me with your best shot. That's not what I wanted, but that's what I did. So I pull out the bunt, and I'm like, oh, Lord Jesus, help me. Here comes the pitch, man, and it starts over here, and it's curving. I'm like, holy cow. I think I probably closed my eyes, to be honest, and uh, I made contact. And I don't know who was more shocked that I actually hit the ball, me or him, because I forgot to run, and uh, not really, not really. I I ran for dear life, but uh, he missed it. It came right to the pitcher's mound, right through his legs, and they got second base back there. He's covering the pitcher, right? And he was shocked that I hit it. And then I think he was even more shocked that his friend missed it, and he missed it. And that ball went out in the outfield. Now I'm running, man, you know. I'm running. Run, Forrest, man. I'm running for everything is worth. And I end up on third base, safe. How about that? Y'all have a nice day. No, 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 that's not it. But that was, man, that, I'll never forget, that was a highlight. I remember standing on third base. I was safe. I got there, and the crowd was going nuts. They were going nuts because they'd never seen that before. You know, first base would have been a miracle. Third base was an even bigger miracle. And they were going, man, they're applauding. They're screaming. You know, I'm trying to catch my breath. I'm like, oxygen. You know, it was awesome. Great memory. Here in this passage, we're in James, and we're going to talk about temptation And James starts out in chapter 1 for the first couple verses, and he talks to us about trials and testing. And he's talking, he's speaking, his audience is to the church that is being persecuted. So they've been scattered. They have gotten out of Dodge, some of them, many of them. And by the way, that's one of the ways that Christianity spread. And so here's James. He's, just in case you're new today, um, James was the the half-brother of Jesus. James did not. He was not a Christian. He was not a follower of Jesus. He did not believe that Jesus, he believed Jesus was Jesus, as in that was his name, but he did not believe as in he was the Messiah till after the resurrection. And Jesus appears to him. And now all of a sudden, James is full on, and he's a leader in the church in Jerusalem. And so he's writing to Christians who are being persecuted for their faith. Are you with me? These people are dying. They're being thrown to lions. They're being stabbed to death for their faith. They're having arms and legs cut off and being left to die, to bleed to death. Are you a Christian? Persecution. And for many of them, they had family members that were dropping like flies. And so James now pins James chapter 1, and he's talking to us about trials and testing and challenges. He's not, ta- he's not talking about, you know, being stuck on the road. You know, you're, you're stuck in traffic. It's a parking lot, and you've got to get home. He's not talking about, you know, um, being stuck on the three-mile bridge. He's talking about trials and testings a little bit bigger than that. These people, their life was hanging in the balance. And then he talks about a couple other things in James chapter 1, but here he comes back around to this trials and testing, and and why would he do that, right? Well, if you're a teacher, any school teachers in the house today? Any school teachers in the house? Got a couple? Awesome, I see you, I see Great, very good. Thank you all for what you do. You matter, you're making a difference, you're a hero. Thank you. Um, 
Here's, here's the really cool thing. Teachers, you know, if they mention it twice, it's important you better listen up. And so now James is going to come back, and I'm going to read this passage in two different translations. I, I want you to really be able to wrap your arms around it. And so today, let's look at James chapter 1. You got the Word of God out? Because the Word of God is powerful. You got it out? You ready? Awesome. Don't be like the first gathering. Y'all got to help me. We had a great crowd, but they were just like... Like they stayed up too late or forgot the coffee. I wasn't sure which one, all right? But um, y'all stick with me. We'll have a good time today. Let's look, at, um, let's look at verse 12. Verse 12, James chapter one, and I wanna look at verse 12. Here's what the Bible says. I'm gonna read from, you know what? Let me go, let me go from the message first. The Bible says this. Anyone who meets a testing challenge head on, maybe that's you right now. Say, that's where I'm at. Well, catch the next part. And manages to stick it out. That is, you don't quit in the pit. My dad used to always say, when the going gets tough, tough get going. Right? Isn't that right? How many have ever been where things got really tough in your life? Raise your hand. That's all of us, right? Okay. How many are there right now? That's most of us. How many just left there? How many hope you never go back there? How many know that's a pipe dream? <laughs> How many know you're getting ready to go back into it, right? Uh-huh. And he says this. He says, whoever manages to stick it out is mighty fortunate. For such persons, loyally in love with God. Are you in love with God today? I love that song, Oceans. That's a brand new song. It's Hillsong United from their new, um, uh, new album, um, Zion. And I love that. I love that. You know, in my quiet time, I just share this with you. Because going to church on Sunday isn't enough. Like, it's my, I'm responsible to God to bring the word to you where you can understand it and make sure it's not boring to help you grow. But as a pastor, it's not my responsibility to grow you or feed you. It's your privilege to grow yourself. You know what I'm saying? My son's eight years old. This morning, I peeked out and I was like, hey, you getting ready? You know, I'm getting ready. You getting ready? And he's like, there's no food out for me. You know, he was seven Sunday, and last Monday he turned eight. And I was like, get yourself some food, man. You know where the cereal is, the milk? And he's like, oh, yeah. You know, and he normally does it, but, you know, he's trying to wake up or something, I guess. And he feeds himself. Well, that's cool. He's eight years old. If he's 35 years old living at my house one day, and he's like, Dad, get up. I need you to get me some food. We got issues, right? Right? He, he better know how to feed himself. And so that's why I always want to point to the Word of God. It's not me. It's the Word of God. And I want you to get in the Word of God. I want you, that's where you're going to grow. It's spiritual protein. So, so here we go. Loyally in love with God. The reward, the Bible says, for those that you find yourself meeting a testing challenge head on and you stick it out because you're loyally in love with God, the Bible says that the reward is life and more life. Now, we all want life, right? And we really want life when we find out we don't have long to live. My aunt just uh, found out she has cancer, and they told her she had cancer, and they ran the test. That was bad news. Then they came back with good news, and the good news was it's not as bad as we thought. Yeah, we're all celebrating. And then they came back with really, really bad news. It was worse than we first thought. Kind of roller coaster ride for my family. And um, it's not looking good. Y'all pray for Aunt Rita, if you would. Um, but you know, when you find yourself there, when, when you realize 
and you realize I may not have long to live. Some of you have been there before. Maybe you're in a bad accident. Maybe you got diagnosed. You're a survivor. You're in remission. But when all of a sudden it felt like you were walking in the valley of the shadow of death, you probably wanted life more than anything, didn't you? The Bible says here that the reward is life and more life. Next verse, verse 13. Don't let anyone under pressure give in to evil. Don't let anyone under pressure to give in to evil say, God is trying to trip me up. God is impervious to evil and puts evil in no one's way. We're going to talk about that, that verse a little next week. I want to read real quick NLT. We're going to get into it. I hope you take notes, okay? We got notes for you to be able to follow along. Um, you got your smartphones. Take some notes here. Write in your Bible. Write on the paper. Write something. This stuff is going to help you. Um, we're going to break it down, okay? Going to break it down first, first. God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. Today, I want to I um, encourage you guys not to quit in the pit. I want to remind you that wherever you're at, that whatever testing you're going through right now, that, that God has a purpose. And here's the good news. God's purpose prevails. God's purpose is win. They win out. And that good news? He's sovereign. He's all-powerful. He is mighty. He is in control. He's not asleep. He's not tired. He's not exhausted. He's not old and not with it. He is on it, doggone it. And he knows what's going on. And God is using what's happening in your life. It may not be good, but Romans 8, 28 says that all things work together for good. To those that love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. There it is. So here we go. God blesses those. Let's talk about this real quick. In other words, God favors. God favors those who are being tested and don't quit in the pit. God favors he blesses those who patiently. Patience is the goal of your testing. Patience is the goal. God is trying to mature you. God is trying to develop patience in your life. Patience is really good. You know, Jaden, um, my son, he's eight, like I said, and when he was born, I didn't have a lot of patience at all, at all, man. And God went to work on me. You know, I remember, I remember thinking, oh man, Steph would leave, and I had Jaden. I'm thinking, what am I gonna do? Oh my goodness, you know, I. I can't watch this kid for, you know, half an hour, you know, and I had him, he's, ah, what he was trying to say is, I want mama, and I'm mad she's not here, you know, and, and he was fine till she walked out the door, you know, and then it was on, you know, and she'd come in, and he'd be like, ah, and it was all good, it was all better, man, I'm like, how can I deal with this, I, can't. I didn't have patience, like I needed, and God's like, all right, I see you, sir, <laughs> you're gonna have three kids. Guess he's a little more patient. <laughs> yeah, God's still working on me. Can I get an amen? That's right. That's the truth. God knows that's the truth. So he blesses those because patience is the goal. That's, that's, that's what it's about. It's about the goal of trials. And I want to say to you, no matter what you're facing right now, that God is not allowing the trials in your life to ruin you. Sometimes we think this is the end of the road. It's the end of the rope. Now what? Now what's going to happen? You know, Forrest Gump. You remember that movie? Remember when he gets angry at God? Remember that? The storm. You remember that? 
got a couple things to say. You ever been there? You've been angry? You've been so angry, so frustrated. You are stuck and you want out. The problem is there's no easy way out. You can't see light at the end of the tunnel. You wish you could, but you can't. Has the enemy ever told you, like, you're, you're being faced with trial? Maybe this something's plagued you your whole life. Maybe you've wrestled with alcoholism your whole life. Maybe you've wrestled with a negative attitude your whole life. Maybe you've just lied for so long that now you think it's truth, and, and you've lost a lot of friends along the way because people don't want to hang out with liars. Everyone knows it but you, and you wrestle with it. Maybe you're addicted to porn, and it's destroying your marriage hurting your girlfriend, or vice versa. Maybe you're keeping it a secret, and it's just hiding. And it's a trial in your life, and you seem some days they're good days, and some days there's bad days, right? Maybe it's anger. Maybe you're quick to blow up. Man, it's like, that's just the way I am. God can still heal you. God can still grow you. Don't be smaller than the excuse. We hide behind things, right, that are bigger than us, which means we're smaller than them. No, no, no. Maybe, maybe, listen, 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 maybe you're a parent here, and you're in the bad habit. Uh, you're verbally abusive to your kids. Come on, idiot. What's your problem, man? Jeez, are you stupid? Yeah, that can leave scars and wounds that go for a long, long ways, and then they get in their 30s, and 40s and getting to counseling. There's all that junk in the trunk. See, whatever you struggle with, whatever is that, man, that trial where you're just failing. Can I tell you something? Failure can be your friend if you'll choose to fail forward. Failure's not your enemy, and you don't have to be afraid of it. You just want to learn from it, and you want to be better because of it. So when these trials come, learn from it and fail forward. Listen, sometimes when we face a trouble that is too much for us, or, or trials that seem too heavy for us. We think, oh, I'll never get out from underneath this. There's no hope. We begin to believe the lie, and the lie is that it came to stay. But I got, good, I got real good news for you this morning. It didn't come to stay. It came to pass. It came to pass. God is not allowing the trials and the troubles and the test in your life to stay. They have come but they are coming to pass. And God's purpose is to grow you in the trial. God's purpose is to grow you in the test. God's purpose is to grow you in the middle of your trouble, to make you bigger, stronger, faster. Are you with me? That's God's purpose, and he wants it to prevail. The Bible says God blesses those who patiently endure. Now that word endure, write this down. Painful survival of trial. Painful survival of trial. That means you are being tried and you, you, man, you paid the price. But I will survive. I'm a survivor. And you make it through the other side because you didn't quit in the pit. Look, look what the Bible says here. You endure testing. What does that word testing mean? What means the same word as the next one? It says testing and temptation. Write this down. That word temptation there, like I said, same English word we're going to read in a minute, different meaning in the Greek. 
And, and so that's important. If you, that's important to know because all of a sudden, here comes the curveball. We think temptation. We think, oh, I'm being tempted to cheat on my spouse. Or we think temptation, I'm being tempted to steal or I'm being tempted to, you know, to lie. You know, my job is hanging in the balance. It's just a little white lie and I'm tempted. I got to do this. Or you're tempted to keep something instead of bringing it out to the light because of the, what may happen, the consequences, but it's hurting you on the inside. It's eating you alive on the inside. You've been hanging on way too long. That's what we think of with temptation, but this first word, temptation, is actually talking about testing under trials. I went to the, the gym in, when we lived in Tampa, in New Tampa one time, and I, I was uh, listening to music, love that, right? I'm listening to music, and I'm putting on plates, and I hadn't been to the gym at that point in a little bit, and so I started out with like the bench press. The problem was I hadn't done the bench press in a while. And so I'm putting on 45 plates, right? I'm putting on these plates of 45 pounds each one. And I, for some reason, I don't know, I had a moment. I was thinking it was 25 pounds. And so I put on four of them. And um, <laughs> I laid down on that weight bench. There's a few people in the gym, you know, it's a really awesome gym. I'm laying down, and I'm, I'm getting mentally prepared for what I could not do <laughs> and accomplish. And I'm like, all right, all right, here we go. You're going to grab the thing. I'm focused. I'm like, all right, here it is. Get my breathing down. Here it is. I lift it up, and then I brought it down. <laughs> and I couldn't get it up because it, it wasn't like 145 pounds. It was a little bit more than that. And so I'm like this, and I'm thinking, okay, my next thought was, God, what am I going to do? <laughs> and I, I look over, and a guy, you know, a guy comes over, and a guy's like, hey, you, you need help with that? You need help with that? And I'm like, you know, at first I want to say, no, no, I got this, but I knew better than that, you know, not breathing at that point, you know, and uh, he's, he's like, you need help? And so he helped me, bro, yeah. I'll take them off, put on the 25s, <laughs> go back to it, right? <laughs> got to start at square one. I was underweight. I was under it. And man, I'm telling you, it wasn't coming off, except for help from above. You with me? And right now, some of you guys, you think, you know what, I'm underneath it, and it ain't coming off. But I want to tell you something. Take your eyes off your test and your trials and your troubles and put them on the one who walks on top of your problems and your trials and troubles and issues, because God is greater. So look up, and you know what happened? What you couldn't lift by yourself will come up a whole lot easier. Trials and tests. I know you're there. We all go, go there. Sometimes we stay there longer than we want to. But the next part, it, it says there in, in temptation. It tells us afterward they will receive a crown of life. The literal translation, translation for crown of life is this, the crown which is life, the crown which is life, the crown of life, that's what that means, the crown which is life. This is, this is something meaning you conquered, it's victoriously persevered through your trials. I need your help this morning, a little short on illustration. Can anyone help me in the Bible, a guy in the Bible, Old Testament maybe, who went through a whole lot, he was tested like there was no other? Job, right? Even his wife. She was a great cheerleader, wasn't she? Curse God and die. The sooner the better. 
Tell me about that insurance policy one more time. Curse God and die. Boy, wow. She had given up. She had checked out. She had tapped out. And God tested. And you know what God does? God, by the way, you know what's crazy about that story? Who was it that brought him to Satan's attention? Was it Job? Multiple choice. Was it Satan or the answer C? Was it God? It was God. God said, you checked out my servant Job. Check him out. So he's like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, he got on, you know, like this. He's like, the reason why is because you protect him, your blessings on him, whatever. And God's like, go ahead and mess with him. Just don't take his life. You mess with him. He came back. Satan had another something to throw in God's face. God's like, listen, go ahead, do whatever you want. He's the real deal. Now, we don't think this way, but what a privilege to live in such a way that God could say to our enemy, he's the real deal. Have you considered my servant filling your name? See, we just think when life goes bad, maybe it's because we're doing something wrong. Maybe God's mad at us. Have you ever done that? You've been under, man, and you're like, dude, maybe, maybe, and maybe it's not sin. Maybe God's just trying to grow you. Maybe his purposes are trying to prevail. But the Bible says if you hang in there, you're going to get the crown of life, the crown which is life, all right? And I want to tell you something. I love um, the fact that God is with me every day. But you know what's amazing is that one day I'll live forever with him. Here is life. Here is eternity. It's kind of like preparing for the wedding day. Here's the marriage. Or brides, I'll invest a lot of time. Got a couple weddings I'm getting ready to do. The brides, yeah, man, they have a whole lot. Our friends are here from Tampa, Ray and Vanessa. Um, we're so glad you guys are here. And I had the privilege to do their wedding um, a couple months ago. And, you know, it's incredible. Is It was beautiful. It was absolutely gorgeous, guys. Y'all, the level of detail was unparalleled. And yet, after you say, I do, then it really begins. You prepare so hard so that that day's perfect, but your marriage... <laughs> Is way long. Our life, eternity. You with me? Eternity, the crown of life. So the Bible promises that whoever believes on him, right? John 3, 16, for God loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him, whoever receives him, would not perish but have what? Eternal life or everlasting life. Here it is, the crown of life. You can be given the crown of life. And may I just say, that this is the believer's ultimate reward. Did you know that we will all go to the Bema seat of Christ one day? There's two, there's two things in Revelation that's really big. There's, there's something called, and I'll go deep here, but there's something called the great white throne, and that's like judgment day, and uh, that's not good if you're there. Um, you don't want to be there because it's going to end really bad for you. Um, that is like, you know, People say, you know, don't judge me. Only God can judge. You're right. God is the ultimate judge. And trust me, one day God will judge. And he's loving and he's a savior. But when it's too late, then he's the judge. And, um, but that's for people who rejected Jesus. And so they get what they wanted. They don't get Jesus. They get to spend the rest of their eternity without God and everything that God is. God is light. God is love. So they're going to be thrown in darkness where there's no love. Pretty much call that hell. I mean, forget the flames and the worms and that kind of stuff. That's all in there. But that, just the fact that God is vacuumed out of there, that's hell. 
So that's, you don't want to go there. But then there's this other thing called the Bema Seat of Christ, and that's where Christians are going to be rewarded. You're going to be rewarded. And if you live for you, if you're a Christian, but you live for yourself, you, you're all about you, serve others. I don't have time to serve others. Memorial, you know, that Saturday, it's, you know, I'm, I'm not doing that, you know. And by the way, if you want to go to that, I want you to come to a meeting this Wednesday night. It's in Pensacola. Um, we would love for you to come, but in order for you to go this Saturday, you have to come to this meeting and, um, because we're going to really equip you for what we're going to do. That meeting's going to start at 7 o'clock at payday. That's on the intersection of Massachusetts and W Street. And if you want to come serve, um, that's what we're going to do. Have a lot of people come into the beach, and uh, we're going to go out there, and we're going to love them. We're going to serve them. That's what we're called to do. And I'm excited about that. But if you want to come to that, you need to be at that meeting. It's Wednesday, this Wednesday, 7 o'clock. We'll be done no later than 9 o'clock. And uh, I would love for you to come. Uh, It was our privilege last year to go out and to be Jesus with skin on. And uh, I'll never forget a gentleman that was uh, ordained. Uh, He he had just been ordained in, um, I think, the Metropolitan Church. He, uh, he came to me, and we had on orange shirts and white um, letters that said, please forgive us. And so people were asking us, you know, what does your shirt mean? And, and we were just telling them, please forgive us, because we, we think that the church for too long has really judged you and stayed away from you and, and maybe cursed you. And um, we just want to be Jesus to you. We want you to know that God loves you, and we're here to serve you. And it doesn't matter if you're homosexual or heterosexual, if you're gay, lesbian, straight, whatever you want to throw out there. You are made in the image of God. God made you in his image. And so uh, this gentleman asked me, he said, are you for us? You know, he's trying to figure out why we were doing what we were doing. And I said, man, I'm not here to condemn you, and I'm not here to condone you. I said, I believe what the Bible says about, you know, about your lifestyle. I said, but let me tell you something. I said, man, the Bible speaks about all kinds of sins, and we all have sin, and we all fall short of the glory of God, and you don't gross me out, and you don't make me angry. God loves you, and I'm here to serve you. That was the message, and so we're going we're gonna to feed them food, and uh, we're going to get to meet people that we've never met before and serve them. I'm looking forward to it, and I'd invite you to come. It's life-changing, and uh, so anyways, little, little plug on that, but at the Bema Seat of Christ, when you participate in stuff like that, when you get out of your comfort zone and say, you know, I'm going to serve at Mana Food Bank, or I'm going to serve over here. I'm going to serve in this capacity, and I'm, I'm going to actually lean in and leverage some of my time and giftedness and ability for the kingdom. You know what happened? At the Bema Seat of Christ, the crown of life, you can get a crown of life. And God's going to reward you well, and he'll reward you openly. And there will be levels of reward. In other words, you'll spend the rest of eternity, believe it or not, living in a reward of how you lived on earth. So if you've been real faithful to God, heaven's going to be really, 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 it's going to be really sick anyways. I hear hear the streets are gold. That's pretty cool. But it's going to be like really awesome for you if you lived for Jesus. Thief on the cross gave his life to Jesus at the last minute. Thank God it went too late. You know, and he made it. He's going to be in heaven, man. He's going to have God and God's presence and everything. But he's probably not going to get everything and all the blessings that God has waiting for a guy like the Apostle Paul. You see what I'm saying? So that's why we live for him today. And that's, this is talking about the ultimate reward. I hope you want that ultimate reward. And what an encouragement for us to live for Jesus. If we just live for us, we're all about us. You know what? One day we'll get to heaven. The Bible says this. You got to know this. That at, the, at that, be my seed of Christ. Like 
Everything's going to be revealed. And the Bible talks about wood, hay, and stubble. And the things that we did selfishly and the things that we did just for us. And You know, God, God digs deeper than the surface. God knows not only what we did, but why we did it. He knows our intention. He knows our motives. And all that's going to be tested by fire. And the Bible says what's pure is going to remain. And so that's why God says, listen, lay up for yourself treasures in heaven. Where rust won't happen. Where moss won't eat your nice clothes. Put holes in them. (laughs) Big moth. Won't happen. But leverage your life for eternity. And your greatest reward is this, the crown of life. Let's look at a... Let's look at one other thing here. We're going to land the plane. I love this. The Bible says God has promised that God has promised to those who love him. And then it says, and remember. You know why it says remember? Because we forget. When tragedies happen, um, the Boston Marathon bombing, the 9-11, school shootings, when all that evil happens, isn't it really easy for people to blame God? They say, if God's real, if God existed, if God is good, why did God, say it with me, allow this to happen? If you're God, right, don't they do that? Man, all the way from the beginning, Adam and Eve, in the garden, everything's perfect. They're naked. Evidently, they don't know it. Life is good, man. It's all cool. Satan shows up, tempts him, and Adam's right next to his wife Eve, and he chickens out. He wusses out. He doesn't speak up. He should have protected her heart. He should have manned up, but he doesn't. He stands there, and he goes silent. Men still do it today. And she, she steps forward. Okay, you're not going to lead. I'll lead. She steps forward and says, give it to me. Looks good. Satan said, did God say... Did God say, don't ever put a question mark where God put a period? God said, don't touch it. Did God say? He said, God's holding back from you. That's the same lie he still tells today. Don't live for God. Don't live for God. Don't love God with everything, man. Dude, your life will suck. Live for yourself. Man, it's about you. Did God say? And he says, God knows when you eat it, your eyes will be open. Half truth, eyes would be open. She'd soon find out she's naked. She'd also soon find out everything began to change and she was beginning to die. God's holding back from you. God's holding back from you. She eats it, he eats it, and they run off to the bushes. And they're hiding because God every day came to walk with them. God loves walking with people. God loves walking with people. In the cool of the day, the Bible says, every day God will walk with them. But this day was different. He came out walking. And he asked a question. He says, Adam, Adam, hey, Adam. And it wasn't, where are you? Like, where are you, Adam? Like, where are you, man? I don't see you. Where are you, Adam? It wasn't that. It was, Adam, where are you? How how much have you fallen? What has happened? And he's hiding. All of a sudden, pops up. And he says, oh, we're hiding over here because we're naked, right? You remember that? Who told you you're naked? Remember the whole thing? And then all of a sudden, he's busted. We love to pass the buck, don't we? It's not my problem, right? You know, I mean, crazy. Dale Carnegie, I love listening to him. And uh, he talked about, I think in the 40s, um, a mobster who had killed several policemen. 
and while he was still in the fight, wrote this letter and was talking about how I'm really a nice person and I've never done evil. I've never harmed anyone. I would never harm anyone. And he had already walked up and shot a dude point blank and he's killed other officers, but he didn't see himself. He passed the buck. No, not me. Adam and Eve. Adam says this. Adam says, Adam says, uh, it was her, it was the woman that you gave me. It was her fault and it's your fault too, God. And then the, the woman, Eve, what did she say? She said, it was a snake's fault and they passed the buck. So God says here, God says, remember, remember that when you're being tempted, do not say God is tempting me. So we're going to talk about this whole part next week about temptation and, and, and temptation with evil and what that whole thing looks like. But here in this verse, don't ever think that that's what God wants for you. God will test you. God will try you. God will send troubles your way to grow you. God will definitely allow that to happen. But remember that when you're faced with temptation, you're struggling with those sins. The Bible calls them besetting sins and the weight that so easily hinders us, slows us down. So there are sins, and in my life, there's sins in Tim's life that I have to surrender to God. I have to say, God, Lord, help me. Help me with this sin. And then there's weights, and they slow me down running for Jesus. God, help me here. I need your help here. And so God talks about temptation, but there's two meanings. The first one is just trials in your life. And that's a good temptation. That's a good testing for the purpose of growing you. But more we'll see next week. We're going to talk about the other temptation, the soliciting to do evil, to get you to do evil. Did God say, did God say? I don't, I don't know where you're at today, but I believe in my heart that there are people here today that, that you're in it. You're in it way over your head. And you just feel like there's no easy way out. You feel like there's no light at the end of the tunnel. You feel like you're stuck. Maybe you've wrestled for years with something. And can I tell you this? Look, look, look. We're almost through. Can I tell you, we all struggle with something. No one's perfect here. Nobody. I'm not perfect. Man, I'm, I'm telling you what, man. I'm loved in spite of my imperfections. Grace has arrested me, man. And grace has lead me home. But God has to redeem me, right? And at Calvary, I was set free from the penalty of sin, and God still, he delivers me. And in the wrestling of my sinful nature, because that, as Paul said, the things I want to do and know to do, things I don't do, and the things I shouldn't, those are the things I end up going that way. Oh, wretched man that I am, man. Oh, sinful. What? Who's going to deliver me? God's going to deliver you. Whatever it is that keeps pulling you back, that you keep struggling with, can I just tell you that your greatest misery is your greatest opportunity for ministry. If you're a single mom, you're here, and you just right now, you're just really brokenhearted. You just feel lonely. Sometimes you wonder if God's even there. Maybe you're a single dad. Maybe you were just married and thought your life was perfect, and, and then the affair happened and came out, and he's gone, she's gone, and where did that come from? And I never saw it. Holy cow. Can, can I just tell you that can I just tell you that God is not only there, but God wants to use those dark days to help you minister to people behind you who will walk through the same trudge, trial, mud, to help you. Your misery is your greatest opportunity for ministry. So rejoice and be glad. 
The Bible says, for great is your reward in heaven. 